0: Welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I'm Vince Quinn here with you and joining me with a lot of things going on in the NBA. We had a major trade. We've had a schedule release. So joining me to talk about it, senior analyst with NBA.com and NBA TV, Sekou Smith. Sekou, thanks so much. Hey, Vince. Appreciate it. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. And, And so this is a fun week because we finally got, like, the NBA has moments that give you so much juice, right? And, like, one of those fun, juicy moments is you get Russell Westbrook traded for John Wall, and I would just love to know what you think of that trade. You know, it's, it's
1: interesting. I've, I've heard it called a, a swap of great point guards and all these other things, kind of like it's, it's some even trade, um, and I think that's kind of disrespectful to Russell Westbrook. As good as John Wall's been, I mean, a five-time All-Star, when he's healthy, he's been one of the best point guards in the league, but Russ has been a, a nine-time All-NBA player. Um, and for, for whatever knocks people have on his game, his shooting, his decision making, he's not supposed to be, you know, loved by teammates. I think that's all kind of a misperception. This, this guy has been loyal to a fault. If you think about his time in Oklahoma City, and he's still playing at a ridiculously high level, he's going to be really interesting um, alongside Bradley Beal. That's Scotty Brooks going to have a whole lot of fun with that kind of backcourt in unleashing those two guys on other teams.
0: Well, given that's the case, for, for you to be in on Ru- uh, Russell Westbrook and be like that, just out of curiosity, where do you think they stack up in the East? Do you think it's a playoff team?
1: You know what? I think so much of that depends on, you know, that parade of youngsters they have on the rest of the roster. I think, I think it, by my count, it's 13 guys with three years or less NBA experience on that roster. Um, so they're going to have to have Rui Hachimura and some other guys do some growing up really quickly. Um, but yeah, they, they should be in the mix for a playoff spot because I think once you get down past five or six, it's wide open for about three or four different teams to move into those spots.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Like I'm a Sixers guy, so I keep an eye on the East in that way. It's a miserable experience being a Sixers guy. It's fun now, but generally <laughs> generally it's been pretty miserable and I, I totally I'm with you there. The the bottom of the East is open for sure. Now let, let's go back to the other side of the trade, right? Because you get John Wall, you send him over to Houston, and one, what do you think you actually get out of John Wall? And two, does this do anything for keeping James Harden in Houston?
1: I I'll answer the second part of that first and I and I believe it'll have no impact on keeping James Harden in Houston. Okay. He made up his mind that he wants to go somewhere else. John Wall playing at, at at the most elite level he could play might not factor into it. I don't know what we get from Wall. Um it's been so long since we've seen him play healthy that I don't know if he's gonna come back the same as he was. Is he going to come back
0: reinvented?
1: Does he have some new wrinkles to his game? I don't know. Um I think they're going to be one of the most intriguing teams to watch in a loaded Western Conference. I don't know that Houston has done enough to keep the pace with the Pack. And if that's the way they're going to be, um, you know, with with a new coach, new front office, and if James is is not happy, that's going to be a tough situation for the Rockets to find their way into the top six in the West.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Now we're talking with Sekou Smith, who's a senior analyst at NBA.com and NBA TV. So let me ask you a little bit, because one of the things that just happened in the past couple of days here, we've had a release of the schedule, or at least half of it. So can you explain to people who are going, it's only half of the schedule, what is that about? Like, why is it only half of the schedule right now?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, given what's going on with the coronavirus pandemic all over the country, the NBA was just being prudent about trying to schedule out as far as they could with the protocols in place. And then, you you know, you maybe take a breather, in March, things have changed. Maybe, maybe the restrictions have eased up in different places, and it allows you to finish off that second part of the season schedule-wise with some different wrinkles. But as of now, you have to kind of schedule out as far as you can see with protocols in mind, and that's why I think we're only seeing half of the schedule right now.
0: Which sounds like a smart move, and and just for a quick aside, like, I can imagine other leagues do this too, right? Like, for the NBA being such a trendsetter, for all these other leagues, baseball, the NBA, uh, or the NHL, like, you gotta look at this and go, you know, maybe this is a pretty good idea. Just do half of the season and play the whole thing out. But um, here's the other thing, is I'm looking at the schedule, right? And you see all the national games, all the teams that are getting national games, like, naturally the Lakers have a billion of them, but... The one team that you see is the Pelicans get 14 games right now that are listed as national games. So I would just love to know, what do you think is going to happen with Zion here and the Pelicans trading Drew Holiday? Like, what do they look like in year two?
1: I, you know, that, that that's a great question. You just don't know what kind of impact Stan Van Gundy is going to have. And, and I love Stan. I think he's going to be fantastic for their young guys. But it's going to be tough on some of them because they won't have had a coach who drives you the way Stan does. Um but, you know, the the national television appearances for the Pelicans, you know, it. it's all about Zion. I mean, he's, he's a box office draw. He's he's must-see for basketball fans, and the networks love him. Um, so whatever the Pelicans do, it, it it's going to draw eyeballs. And it's not just Zion down there. You know, they, they obviously have Brandon Ingram and some other guys who, who are going to be impact players for them. But I really think if Zion comes back healthy – Ready to go and withstand, you know, devising, you know, an offense that really features him, they're going to be a, a team to watch in the West. They're going to really be a team that you have to, to worry about because they've got a bunch of young talent. They're physically imposing and they'll have a coach with a fresh set of eyeballs trying to figure out ways to make them effective. It's going to be a really, really explosive, um, you know, lineup potentially. if if
0: they play the way we think they can. Yeah, and I I think they're going to be fun, man. I'm really excited to see how they go in year two. But the the other thing is, like, you've got year two of Kawhi Leonard out in the West, and now um, Paul George apparently said something about Doc Rivers on a podcast. Like, I'm not sure exactly what's going on in L.A. It sounds like there's a lot of stuff. So where are the Clippers right now? You know,
1: I don't know if the Clippers know exactly where they are right now. The good thing is they have Teron Lou. you know, Man in the ship, and and that's what you got to have. You have to have a coach who's going to come in and kind of organize the personalities on that team because you got a lot of strong ones. You know, you you had Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, and Montrez Harrell when you brought Kawhi and Paul George in there, and that was a combustible mix of personalities in itself. I really think they're going to have to look to their head coach. They have to look to T. Lou and his staff for their direction because I'm not sure. That Kawhi Leonard or Paul George are going to be the kind of guys who lead that group. There are too many veterans in that bunch for, you know, for guys to start lining up and deciding they're going to follow either Kawhi or Paul, who are both great players, you know, hands down, all star, superstar players, but haven't been the types of leaders that, that the Clippers are asking them to be in this situation. They're also playing with really raised expectations for that organization. And that's another thing that I think takes an adjustment for all involved.
0: Well, yeah, because you get Steve Ballmer with, like, he's jumping down from the ceiling with a megaphone, and, you know, what I mean? like, he's just he's always up to something. So I love his energy, but, yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on that team, and, and they're clearly feeling it. Now, let me ask you one last question. We're talking with Sekou Smith, of senior analyst with NBA.com and NBA TV. Just on a selfish level, with the changes that we've seen over the course of the off season, waiting a couple of months to get the league going again, is there any team in particular that you're most excited to watch this year?
1: Well, oh, yeah. I mean, look, anybody that loves this game is drooling over what could be in Brooklyn, and and that's good and bad. I mean, if you like Trainwreck TV, you know, and and you're not a fan of Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, you're hoping to see this thing go up in smoke. But if you're like me and you love to see the best players in the league, on the biggest stage, you know, with the brightest lights, you can't wait. I mean, I can't wait to see what KD looks like coming back, what Kyrie looks like playing alongside of him, and what Steve Nash can bring as a head coach, for, you know, his first time on the bench. It's, to me, it's a no-brainer that you that you watch Brooklyn as often as you can early in the season to get a feel for what they're going to be because if they're as good as we, we think they look on paper, we're talking about a team that can contend for a championship. Best, and that's right off the bat.
0: Yeah. Now, out of curiosity, do we see James Harden in Brooklyn at the end of the season?
1: <laughs> um, that is the, what, $400 million question? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that's the thing that could shift the balance of power in the league. It really is. I don't know. You know, I, don't, I haven't, has anybody heard from James yet? But, you know, on the record, about he hasn't he asked he me. He
0: hasn't told me. Yeah. I'll say that.
1: Exactly. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've heard from Russell Westbrook. Nobody's heard from James that I know of. So it'll be, until we hear from James or see something change in Houston, I'm going based on what Brooklyn has. And with KD and Kyrie, they should have enough to con- contend in the Eastern Conference right now. If they add James Harden, they become the odds-on favorite to win the
0: East. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so I appreciate the conversation. Seku Smith, Senior Analyst with NBA.com and NBA TV. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks,